You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Coming In For A Landing podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. Here's your host, Paul Hudrick. Hello, friends, and welcome to this edition of the Coming In For A Landing podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. I'm your host, Paul Hudrick. And we have a lot to go over today. The Sixers do lose their second straight. Uh, a tough one against the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending champions. Again, woefully shorthanded. And I look forward to the point where we no longer have to say that the shorthanded Sixers gave you know Team X everything they could. But Tuesday was not that night, unfortunately. Um, they ultimately do fall. Gave the Bucks really did give give the Bucks all they can handle. A, a hell of a job they did. All around, you know, at the end, I think Giannis and Drew Holiday really stepped up their defense, but we'll get to that. We'll get to the game recap. I also want to touch on the latest health updates, you know, revolving the four players that are in the health and safety protocols for the Sixers, as well as touch on some of the Ben Simmons stuff. Not really much new to report there, but still would like to give you my thoughts on it. We'll start with the Bucks game Tuesday night. And it was interesting because when we talked to Doc Rivers, you know, second game of back-to-back on Monday night, they lose to the Knicks. And after the game, Doc had said that he felt like he was going to have to play 10 guys. Uh, He wasn't sure who the 10 guys were going to be, but felt like he had to play 10. Well, that didn't happen. (laughs) Um, Doc essentially played seven guys. Charles Bassey got a a couple minutes in the first half, you know, some time, basically garbage time at the end of the second half. But he rocked with seven guys, and I get it from this standpoint. You, you don't go into the game expecting Tyrese Maxey to make three or four from three and score 17 points in the first quarter. You don't expect George Niang to knock home his first four threes, and I think they just played so well, and they were so competitive in the game that I think if you're Doc, your first instinct is to try to win a basketball game, and the guys, you know, he's, he told us after the game, the guys kept telling him that they were good that they felt good, that they were ready to play. But, you know, the reality is, Fergon Korkmaz, he really struggled. But the guy had to play 44 minutes. He played, you know, I think close to 40 or over 40 the night before. That's a big ask, man, to to ask any of these guys to do that. Danny Green, uh, he didn't even start Tuesday night. And Doc had mentioned as well that that was part of the deal with his minutes. He's just coming off a hamstring injury. He had played 30 minutes the night previously against the Knicks. Danny did hit a couple big shots against the Bucks, but you could tell his legs still aren't fully there. He, he's not fully healthy. As mentioned, Quirkmaz clearly looked tired. I thought Shake Shake had a tough night in New York, but I thought he was pretty good against Milwaukee until the end. Then he struggled a little bit down the stretch, made a couple, I would say, poor decisions. Um, and again, looked like he was a little bit out of gas. Even, even Tyrese Maxey, you know, you could argue that perhaps with better legs, he could have been a bigger factor down the stretch. It's just, it's a tough spot the Sixers are in right now. And that's, I know some people are still going to get on Doc Rivers about certain things, but I'm at a point right now where 
I get that some of the frustrations from last year's playoff run with Doc, with the way he distributed the bench minutes, with the way he still kind of incorporated, you know, bench-heavy lineups during the playoffs. I understand that some fans are still tiffed at that, and it's still, you know, in the back of their minds. But right now, I don't know how you could do anything other than compliment Doc Rivers because this is an eight and four basketball team. And when you consider everything they've dealt with so far, whether it's the Simmons holdout, whether it's four guys being in health and safety protocols, it's remarkable that this is an eight and four basketball team right now. And that, you know, I was talking to somebody about it and it's the only game where you could say, they deserved to lose. They weren't competitive. Was the first Knicks game at Madison Square Garden. That is the only night this year out of 12 games where you can say, you know what? Yeah, the Sixers, they weren't good that night. They didn't have their best effort. They didn't play good basketball. They deserved to lose. That's the only game. Every other game this season, they have been in the game. They've shown fight. They fought for four quarters. And you know what? Quite frankly, the record shows it. They have won more games than they've lost for that reason. And. I think, you know, Seamus Clancy wrote a good piece for us today, and I think it's perfectly put that this the, the vibes are immaculate. This is a fun basketball team to watch. Every night, and that's, it goes back to the fact that every game has been competitive. Every game has been worth watching. The Knicks game was the only game where I watched and I said, man, I really wish I could change the channel right now. Every other game, that the games I've covered, like, I'll be honest, going into the New York game, going into the Milwaukee game, I I went in thinking, all right, they're going to get crushed. And it's not their fault. It is what it is. It's a tough schedule with two pretty good teams on a back-to-back and so many guys out. I went into those games prepared basically to be like, all right, I'm going to watch two shitty basketball games, and that's the reality. But it beats the hell out of a lot of what other people do for a living, so whatever. Um, but I was prepared for it. I was mentally prepared to watch two bad basketball games. Instead, I watched two really fun games. This is a fun team to watch. They're still number one in the NBA in offensive rating, and there's a reason for that. They're they're moving the ball extremely well. Uh, guys like Maxi, guys like Shake Milton, even guys like Furkan Korkmaz, they are creating things off the dribble. George Niang. Did any of you know that George Niang had an off-the-dribble game? Because I did not. <laughs> I knew he could shoot. I knew he was a decent passer. But he's made some big plays off the dribble. It looks ugly. There, there are no two ways about it. It looks ugly as hell. But he gets to the paint, and he, he finishes at the rim. He's got really good touch. He's, he's got that floater game. Um, You know, it's it's not Tyrese Maxey's floater game where it's looking, you know, real pretty and, and all that. But it's it, it's pretty rough. But it gets the job done. Uh, I, <laughs> And I think that's like Niang, and I think that's part of why the fans so far love him, is the fact that, on top of the fact that he's just a, a pretty good basketball player, and clearly, with all due respect to Mike Scott, is looking to be a fairly significant upgrade over Mike Scott. It's the fact that he is so, like, he... he, he, he <laughs> Nothing that he does is pretty, but everything he he does a lot of things well, and he just goes about it with such a fire and such a passion. And I don't know if that's you know his you know he's from like the Boston area and like the Northeast, and if that's just like that that is what's ingrained in him from growing up in that area. And he clearly understands the Philadelphia sports fan, and um, 
it, he knows what he's doing when he you know raises his hands up in the air after he makes a bucket and um you know it's it's it there is definitely a mutual love and respect between George Niang and the Sixers fans and it's been pretty cool to see um and this is it goes back to kind of what we've talked about before just the fact that this team just just such a lack of weaknesses they're just they're solid up and down the roster and it, it's tough to say like I, you don't want to say that that Tyrese Maxey is 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 better than Ben Simmons because he's not that that the reality is he's not I know some people would argue that that's the case but he's not but the reality is Tyrese Maxey does a couple things that Ben Simmons does not do on offense He's willing to take shots. He's willing to take three-pointers. And he can hit them off the dribble, which is a talent that not a lot of guards in the league has. And that Maxi is flashing the ability um, that he does have. And then on top of that, Maxi's speed and willingness and finishing around the rim. That's, to me, that's as much as people always talk about Simmons shooting, the one thing I've always commented on that drove me nuts about him is that with his size, his athleticism, he should be such a better finisher around the rim. And that's the one thing I always wanted him to work on. And Maxi already has that. As a 21-year-old guard in the NBA, he's already an excellent, excellent finisher. Um, and what's cool is, too, when you, you know, post-game, the, the guy's kind of gushing over him. You heard Doc talk about him a lot. You heard George last night was great on him. George has been awesome from a media standpoint. George is an absolute delight to cover. He is... So self-aware, he's funny, he's smart, he's insightful, he's just a, a hell of a guy uh, to want to cover. But they both touched on Tyrese, and the one thing they said about him is they throw so much at him. They are so on top of him, and uh, everyone's yelling at him and kind of you know giving him a hard time, and, and, and he's just getting a lot of information from a lot of different people. He never complains. He takes it all in, he absorbs it, and he knows, you know, and he, again, talked to us about it last night, he knows that everything that's being done, whether it's Doc Rivers, whether it's Joel Embiid, whether it's Tobias Harris, George Yang, whoever, whoever is talking to him, their idea, what they want, is for him to be better. They want him to be better because they like him as a young guy, and they think he's got the potential to be better, but because it also makes the team better, like, it's... Again, to touch back on Seamus's piece, it's just the vibes on this team right now where it's everybody is pulling for each other and everybody wants everyone to be better. And that hasn't always been the case here, quite frankly. And it's fun to cover. It's fun to watch. I think you're seeing the results on the basketball court. And as I've already touched on, you have to give Doc Rivers credit as the leader of this team, as the coach of this team, and the way he's navigated the Ben Simmons situation, the way he's navigated... All of these guys being in the health and safety protocols, uh, it's been a, a masterful job by Doc Rivers. And, you know, it. this isn't new to Doc, right? I mean, he, he has done well in these situations in the past where he has dealt with crises and he, he's gotten his team through them and he's gotten to play pretty good basketball because of it. Now, Doc's going to face some stiffer tests and there's going to be, you know, the things that creeped up in the playoffs. Will he improve on his in-game decisions and you know, some of his rotation stuff in the playoffs, that remains to be seen. We'll see what the roster looks like at that point. Still so many questions to be answered. And I do want to touch on that on the other side, just, you know, the latest on the Ben Simmons stuff, touch on the guys that are in protocol right now. Uh, but we do have to take a short break. So we're going to do that right now. And then we'll talk more on the other side. 
Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, and we are back. And just to kind of give you guys a little bit of an update on, on what's going on with the team right now, they have... Four guys in, in the health and safety protocols in uh, Tobias Harris, Isaiah Joe, Matisse Thibel, and Joel Embiid. I say that in the order because that is the order in which they uh, went on into the uh, NBA's health and safety protocols. Doc Rivers said last night that Tobias Harris is feeling much better. He believes that he is going to return sooner rather than later. That is a great that is a great sign. That is great news. But I will maybe pump the brakes on for Sixers fans and and, and you know not to take away from your excitement of the possibility of a, of a good player such as Tobias returning is that, you know, they play Toronto on Thursday, they play Indiana on Saturday, but then the following week they're traveling out West. They have Utah and Denver and those places, um, you know, being above sea level in the air and the altitude and all that, that is a factor. And you probably don't want a guy recovering from COVID you probably don't want their first games to be in either Utah or Denver. So I would not, I would not expect, I, you know, hopefully uh, perhaps I'm wrong, but I would not expect any of these guys to be back ahead of that. I, I really wouldn't. Um, but I think that's a smart way to do it. I, I, it's not worth risking the health of these guys. It's not worth, it, it's a long season, You've held up. You're eight and four. You're doing okay. Um, so it's not the time to take risks to do anything that might hurt these players. Um, you know, beyond Tobias, you still have, like I said, Isaiah, Joe, Matisse, Thibel. They are, you know, I guess a little bit closer. To, I would assume they would be right on the heels of Tobias. Would be right after Joel Embiid. A little bit more complicated since he just went out Monday. So you're still. I, I would not be surprised if Joel Embiid just misses. That entire six-game road trip, which I get, it, that's it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough to try to win games on the road out west without Joel Embiid. It's going to be a really difficult task, and they're going to have to try to do it. Um, this team has fought really hard, and, and they've been in every game, like I've mentioned before, for the most part this season, and they're, they're going to have to just keep battling and fighting. And, and you know, last night you, you caught another tough break, and, and Seth Curry was kind of a late scratch he was questionable coming in, and then was a late scratch with a left foot contusion. Doc said he believes it is his toe. Uh, so, you know, we'll monitor that. Doc said he was kind of 50-50 on whether he was going to play. And then, you know, right before he spoke to us, 
he believed that um, you know that was leaning towards Seth not playing. So we don't really know where he's going to be. Is, is he going to be questionable going into tomorrow night's game? Is he going to play tomorrow night's game against Toronto? We'll, we'll kind of wait and see, and then that will maybe give us a better understanding of of whether of his availability for the road trip coming up. And you still have Danny Green coming off the hamstring. I mean, this team's got a lot to deal with. There, there's a lot on this team's plate right now. So you're just going to have to take it day by day and hope that, you know, they slowly but surely start getting guys back. And you, <laughs> the big thing is just Treadwater. Treadwater, you you can't you, you can't go, you know, start at 8-2 and two and then wind up at 8-8. Eight and eight. That would be bad. But I don't think that happens. I, I think they can pull out games on this, you know, the six, basically this six-game road trip. I mean, well, I don't even want to. I don't want to disclose the Toronto game. The Toronto game is not going to be easy. They're a pretty good team. They're playing pretty good ball right now. So that's not going to be, um, especially with how short-handed the Sixers are. That's going to be a tough night. But if they can pull that off, that's a big win. Um, on the six-game road trip, though, man, if you go two and four, I think that's that's probably good. Um, three and three would be great. If they go three and three on that six-game road trip, considering everything that's going on around them. That would be masterful. That would be an excellent job by Doc Rivers. That would be a, a great job of this team. And I, I don't think you can doubt them at this point. Considering what we've seen so far, uh, you can't put anything past this team. I, I think this is the, these guys are resilient. They're playing really good ball. I'm really intrigued to see what Ty Rack, Tyrese Maxey does next because he was so good on Tuesday night. And, yeah, uh, I, I'm very uh, interested. Uh, as much as it stinks to not – See this team at full strength. I'm very interested to see how the young guys continue to perform and how they continue to improve with the opportunities they're getting that they might not have had otherwise. And just to put a bow on this podcast, I think I want to touch, you know, a, a little bit on the Ben Simmons thing, and you know, again, more things swirling. Basically, a lot of teams interested, but no concrete offers. It, it seems like that's that's the latest, and I think that that's going to be the case for some time here. It, it as of, we're sitting here right now, it's November 10th. Teams cannot trade players that were signed um, this offseason until December 15th. So that's going to be one big date that people are going to have to look at and that maybe that's a, a time when you can strike and, you know, the, 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 the options open up, I guess, is the best way to put it. But even then, I, I don't know that I see a scenario that makes sense for the Sixers. I think, you know, the, the trade deadline probably becomes more of a realistic possibility and it's just, it, it, until then, it's almost like the play on the court. Like, I think you just kind of have to weather the storm. And I think w when you see, when you see, like, the Jalen Brown rumor out there. Now, is it realistic that the Celtics are going to trade Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons? No, probably not. I, I don't foresee that happening. But the fact that that's even something we can discuss, the fact that that was even thrown out there shows kind of what Daryl Morey and the, and the front office is thinking is. It's that a lot can happen and you know none of us foresaw Boston getting off to such a bad start and who knows what can happen who knows what can happen between now and December 15th right now look at the Portland Trailblazers look at their front office uh, it, it's a mess over there right now does Damian Lillard's situation change does you know or does if they if if Neil Alshay is out does the new front office, are they more inclined to perhaps trade a CJ McCollum? I don't know. Uh, I, I really don't. So it, it's just the idea that I, I get the frustration from people. I, I understand that the, 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 the thinking for a lot of people is 
Just get what you can for Ben Simmons. Let's move on. Let's see what this team looks like. And I understand that sentiment, but I think because the team is playing so well anyway, you can get away with waiting even a little bit longer and just seeing if anything else happens with these other teams, with these other players, if anyone else appears to be unhappy, and then maybe, you know, you can swing a deal. And then I think, too, a lot of times we look at these scenarios and, like, let's just throw out a, a, a guy I've thrown out before, and that's, you know, a Brandon Ingram. New Orleans right now is off to a really poor start. They don't know what's going on with Zion Williamson. Now Brandon Ingram himself is hurt. Do they start getting antsy and maybe start looking around the league and seeing what they could get for Brandon Ingram? I don't think that's impossible. And, and the first thing I think that comes to a lot of people's mind when I say that is, oh, well, Ben Simmons, Zion Williamson. That's a terrible fit. And I couldn't agree with you more. Terrible fit. But that doesn't preclude the Sixers from getting Minnesota involved, a team that has been very hotly linked to Ben Simmons. Maybe they get Minnesota and New Orleans in a deal and make it work out so that they, the Sixers wind up with Brandon Ingram, the Timberwolves wind up with Ben Simmons, and the Pelicans wind up with you know, draft capital or, or some other players that might intrigue them more uh, from, from the Minnesota Timberwolves. So all that to say, I think you have to understand, like that's that's where the Sixers are coming from with their patience. That's where Dow Morey is coming from when he says, I'm not going to just trade him to trade him. I think that's where it comes from. You can't just, and I, and I get the sentiment of, you don't want to waste Joel Embiid's prime. And I don't think Daryl Morey intends to do that. And if we get closer to the trade deadline, maybe Daryl Morey has to change his priorities. Maybe that's the breaking point where if Ben still hasn't played here, which I think is a very uh, a very strong possibility, and they still haven't gotten the offer that they necessarily want, you might just have to say, okay, well, what can I get for Ben Simmons that is definitely going to improve our basketball team this year? <clears throat> And maybe that's, you have to act on that. Maybe it gets to that point, but we're nowhere near that point. It is November 10th. Uh, February is a long way away and a lot can happen. So I, I I know it's frustrating. I know it's hard. I know, I, I, listen, I grew up a Philadelphia sports fan. So I say the word patience to you and I know how much that probably makes your blood boil, but I think that's the reality of where we are. So we're going to have everything. We're going to be on top of it at LibertyBallers.com. We're going to be on top of it in all of our podcasts, breaking down the latest, uh, uh, whether it's the Ben Simmons situation or any other roster moves the team can make and keep monitoring this this roster and these young guys and how well they're playing, how hard they're playing, and the effort they've displayed already through 12 games this season. It's been a lot of fun to watch, and I really hope that you're following along because i got to be – from covering this team, I'm having fun. This is the most fun I've had in a couple of years covering this team. And I really hope that you guys are enjoying it and will continue to join it alongside us. And I want to thank you all so much for tuning into the Coming In For A Landing podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. Please rate, subscribe, download wherever you get your podcasts. I am your host, Paul Hudrick, and I will talk to you guys next time. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. 
Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA.